1: Welcome in to yet another episode of the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host today, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by a dude on who I'm excited to do another episode with, man, and is Mr. Tyler North, rocking the Q's uh pullover day, kinda of looking pretty clean in that. Uh, but we were talking about some baseball pre podcasts and uh it's tough, it's tough days in Baltimore, man. We cannot Yeah, we were do
0: anything we were we were going down the uh the the tunnel of what was the orioles roster like back in 2018 and 2019 when the days weren't good uh yeah orioles are down six nothing right now in the bottom of the third so baseball season might be closing the door in the dmv here uh within the next couple hours um but hey you know 100 win season that's that's nothing short of extraordinary especially for that team and as young as they are you gotta expect they're gonna be back here soon, but uh, no, we had a uh, another exciting weekend of football. And yes, sir. you know, we I was I was thinking about it today. You know, we can start to look at a playoff picture. Like this is the time of the year. I think when you're like, all right, what's the current playoff picture look like? And there's some crazy teams that are like, I guess currently in the playoffs. Like the Bucks are in the playoffs, and I think there's some teams in the wild card that you wouldn't really expect to be there either. Like the whole AFC South is completely up for grabs, which I know we'll dive AFC into is as up well. AFC
1: for grabs,
0: which is kind of crazy. Yeah. That's very true. But yeah, no, I was, I was looking at that earlier and I was like, yeah, this is, I guess, the time of the year when you start deciding, all right, do I want my team to tank or are we going to make a playoff push here this year? So um, I know we'll dive into it, but uh, yeah, that was just something that came off the top of my head earlier when I was looking through some of the storylines, I guess, from this past week. Oh, no, yeah,
1: for sure. Like, I agree with you. Like, we're at that point where we're farther far enough from week one that it's not overreaction season anymore. Like these, we're, we've actually seen what we're gonna see for the rest of the season, for the most part. So, like you said, we could start throwing together a, a playoff picture, some legitimate play or power rankings, uh, teams that could make a end of season playoff push. I mean, it's exciting times, man. As we uh, dive into this past week of NFL action, so without further ado, man, let's dive into it. And we gotta start with what probably was the most impressive performance of this past weekend of NFL football, and that is the 49ers, man, absolutely trouncing the Cowboys on Sunday night football. And final score on that one, dude, I mean, it was ridiculous, 42-10 to 10 against a Cowboys team that was expected to be one of the powerhouses in the NFC. I mean, I didn't buy into that personally before the season. And Jaden was running his victory laps for four weeks, And, I mean, I couldn't be more sick about it, so I can't wait to get him on another podcast episode to talk to him about that. But we're talking about the fucking 49ers because they've been falling out. I mean, they're undefeated right now. They're one of two teams that are undefeated, but they're definitely more impressive than the Eagles so far this season. I mean, the Eagles have done their thing, but the Niners have absolutely dominated so far. I mean, CMC has a chance at an MVP case, I think, this year, if he keeps doing what he's doing. Brock Purdy looked fantastic against the Dallas Cowboys. It's Brock Tober.
0: (laughs) It's Brock Tober, man. He is absolutely killing it right now. This is no longer the, oh, he's just in there to not lose games. I mean, he's going out there and winning games. Now, the one thing I'm going to still say about Brock Purdy is he hasn't been in that game where it's like, hey, Two-minute drive, we're tied. You got to go down and get us a field goal, or we're losing by three. We got to tie this game or win this game now. I haven't seen that yet, so I, it's it's tough for me to sit there and say like he's one of these upper-tier, upper-echelon quarterbacks until I see that moment. But I mean, in every game that he hasn't torn his UCL, he's won. So I I just got to keep going off of what's there. And you know, I think he was like what seventeen of twenty-four or something with four touchdowns the other night. I mean, ridiculous. just ridiculously efficient. But also, I mean, some of the throws he was making were incredible as well. And, I mean, yeah, it was the impressive win. But I'm with you, man. I'm off this Cowboys bandwagon. I'm done believing that the Cowboys are going to be that good. And you mentioned it. And I I haven't been on an episode with you. So I have to give you your credit where credit's due. And you called the fuck out of the Cardinals beating the Cowboys. I asked for your mortal lock (laughs) that week. And you said Cardinals money line. And I laughed. Little did I know they were going to kick the shit out of Dallas. So, I think that as impressive as that win was, I just don't think this Cowboys win. I mean, this Cowboys team is that good. And you know, I was listening to somebody say, well, he was like, Oh, I saw this coming. I think it might've been Nick, Wright, Or he was like, Oh, I saw this coming from a mile away. Arizona beat Dallas by 12 and Arizona lost to uh, San Francisco by 19. That adds up to 31 and they won by 32. So basically that's exactly where that math comes in. But yeah, Dak, I saw the stat. Since Dak signed his contract, he's played in 38 games and he has 34 interceptions. Oh, bro. like That is abysmal, man. That's, a, that's almost an interception a game. And if you're getting paid as like a top five, top seven quarterback, whatever he is, you got to be producing a little bit more than that. I mean, we're talking about Brock Purdy not going out and losing games. He's putting up crazy stats. Maybe Dak Prescott needs to take one out of his book and just – not lose games because we saw that in the first couple weeks they didn't need him they relied on the defense yeah. now they need him and he is not
1: performing at all no i mean he's been horrific dude it's like he came into the season and said i'm not throwing 10 interceptions this year okay threw 3 yeah he threw 3 in one game and it was it was ugly dude like that that overthrow that was that was terrible that was 10 or
0: 15 yards
1: exactly dude it was
0: and and i think that you know, we're, we're, we we discussed this a little bit, you and I did, about whether or not Dak is that guy. Because Jerry Jones keeps saying, "Oh, he can go out and win a Super Bowl." That's just an owner being caught up in his own cloud, I guess you can say, it's in his Jerry own Jones, aurora. Or he's just like it's Jerry Jones. Being yeah, Joe he's Jones. so he, he's so oblivious to everything else that's going. It's like you have to look at the landscape of quarterback in this league, and Dak Prescott's not up there with it. Like I wouldn't even put him a like top fifteen right now. He, maybe top twenty, I don't know. Yeah, but he is just. It comes when Trevon Diggs got hurt, when when Travon Diggs got hurt, you said that it was gonna you know carry into that game against Cardinals. I didn't think it was. I still thought that on paper they were really good defense and their offense was still gonna be just as good, um, you know, with the the line that they've got and the playmakers that they've got. But man, Brandon Cooks has done nothing. I don't even know if he's on the field. I haven't really heard much of Michael Gallup. They're really missing Dalton Schultz in my opinion. I know Jake Ferguson has some touchdowns. But I think they're really missing Dalton Schultz. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they're getting torched in the air, man. And Bland got hurt last night, too. I think it's going to be a rough sledding here for the Cowboys. I still think they're good enough to make the playoffs. But, man, this is not what you were looking for if you're you're a Cowboys fan. No,
1: but it is what you were looking for if you were a 49ers fan. Because not only do you beat the crap out of the other team that was favored in the NFC as one of the top dogs – you prove yourself as the solidified number one in the nfc right now and let me ask you this man i mean you brought this question up do we think that the niners have a legitimate chance of going undefeated this year i mean this team is so good they've been balling out and they've got the 10th toughest strength of schedule going forward but for this team they're probably favored in every single one of those matchups, and if Brock Purdy can continue to do what he's doing, and rely on the production that you're getting from CMC, and rely on this defense, which is ranked number one on PFF right now, I think this team does have a legitimate shot at going 17 and 0. What do you think?
0: I I think that they've got. A, I think out of them and the Eagles, as far as the undefeated teams that have a chance, I think it's definitely the 49ers. It's funny that I mentioned that. Circle your calendar for December 3rd, 49ers at Eagles. That might be the only game that they're not favored in. Other than that, the big games that they've got, they've got the Bengals and the Ravens, but they're both in San Fran. And then they go on the road to Jacksonville. Obviously, they've still got some of the divisional games. um, But, you know, there's teams like the Browns, the Vikings. Yes, that hurts. The Bucks (laughs) At the Seahawks could be tricky. They've got the Cardinals again. They've got the Commanders. They've got the Rams I don't really see much besides the Eagles game maybe the Ravens or the Bengals catch them on a bad week in San Fran but it's at home so I think that they still got the advantage that December 3rd game and that that not only could decide whether or not you know which team goes undefeated the rest of the way but it also is going to probably decide the number one
1: seed in the NFC yeah for sure I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how this 49ers team keeps on rolling throughout the season. We talked about Brock Purdy. I mean, he was fantastic on Sunday night. And this Kyle uh, Kyle Shanahan offense has never needed to rely on the quarterback. I mean, you look at Jimmy G, dude. Like, what Jimmy G, he brought them to the Super Bowl. And I'd argue that Brock Purdy is better than that Jimmy G that took that team to the Super Bowl.
0: So I'm Jimmy G was much more limited in what he could do compared to Purdy. And Purdy, it's fine. It's so crazy to think about. He's, he's the least, highest paid quarterback, mm. starting quarterback in the NFL. He's making right less now. than a million. Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. And to be honest, the 49ers are so lucky that this is working out with Purdy because what they did with the whole Trey Lance situation is awful. That also is another question. Do we see Trey Lance at any time here this year? I don't think we do, but. I mean, in late you know, games, like you got to start night, asking
1: these questions. Or not last night, but two nights ago on Sunday Night Football. Exactly. You need to start asking these questions because it's like that seemed like the perfect time to put Trey Lance in. I mean, you're going against your former team, and I know they put in Cooper Rush at some point, but you know that Trey Lance has the potential. So you knew you were out of that game anyway. So, like, why not see what Trey Lance has? And they didn't want to go to him. And that surprised me because what Jerry Jones said. When they acquired Trey Lance, and it was they, he kind of alluded to having future plans with Trey Lance as possible QB one, so that could still be in play. I don't think it happens this year, but I mean, if Jerry Jones has a very short leash, dude, and if
0: if they miss the playoffs, Dax, you you can't move forward with him as your quarterback. Like that, I mean, how many more chances are you going to give this guy?
1: It's ridiculous. I just, I just.
0: I, I would say the 49ers have about a 30 to 35% chance to go undefeated. I, I would put it in it just because they do have some teams like the Bengals, Ravens, Jags, Eagles on their schedule that, that could beat them. Yeah. Um, but I, in, in the crazy, like you're we talking about MVP, Brock Purdy is like, I think seven to one right now. He's like the third or fourth best odds to win MVP. But it, it, we had this conversation. He might not even be the best player on his team yeah. and it's, Crazy because you've got Trent Williams, who's the best tackle in the game. Fred Warner, who's the best middle linebacker in the game. Bo- Nick Bosa might be the best defensive end. It's tough for debate. You know, him and Parsons and uh, Garrett Watt,
1: just mm. to name a couple. I mean, you mentioned but- Bosa, bro. Like, Bosa has not – I mean, he's been good this year. Don't get me wrong. They haven't needed it. Yeah, him. exactly. Like, he only has two sacks so far this year. This point last season, he had six. And he won defensive player of the year. So they don't even need Nick Bosa to step up right now. I mean, he's playing great football either way, but this team is I mean, you you drop off one piece, I will say if they lose CMC who has had an injury history. If they lose CMC at some point, they could run into some troubles. But unless that I mean, happens. you still got
0: Elijah Mitchell who is a veteran back. I'm not saying he's CMC by any means, but like you would be depending on Brock Purdy a little bit more, and then we would really start to find out. But they've only had one game that was one possession, and that was against the Rams, and that's because the Rams kicked a field goal as time expired to lose by 7 instead of 10. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, they've won 30-7, 30-12, 35-16, 42-10. They've scored at least 30 points in every single game, which is incredible to think about.
1: This 49ers team is balling, and we definitely think that they have a shot at 17 now. So all right let's dive into the next topic of debate that we got here and that is is chicago still in the mix for caleb williams i mean that was the dead set conclusion after the first two to three weeks of the season i mean justin fields didn't look like he belonged on a football field looked like he was confused i mean this this whole bears organization was in an absolute dumpster fire until Justin Fields really started to pick it up I mean against Denver they still lost that game in epic fashion just like the Bears ought to do but over the last two games Justin Fields has thrown for 617 yards with eight tuds and an interception I mentioned Denver the second game was against the Commanders which hurt me very much I don't know how we allow 40 points to the Chicago Bears but that is neither here nor there anyway Justin Fields has looked great in these past two games granted not against the highest level of competition, but you don't have to answer this question today because there's a lot of season left. Justin Fields still has to do it for the rest of the season, but if Justin Fields plays, I don't think he keeps this pace up because this is incredible, but if he plays like similar to what he has been in the past two games, I mean, do you start to have a question mark? Because regardless, the the Panthers surrendered their pick this year to Chicago in the D.J. moore Bryce Young trade, basically. So you've got Carolina's pick, which is probably going to be number one because they're the only team with zero wins so far this year. And then Chicago's pick is projected at three. So personally, I don't think you can pass up on Caleb Williams. I think you've got to take him with one of those picks. But what happens with Justin Fields then? Do you trade him to get back up? Dallas. Ooh, that, (laughs) that would be crazy, bro. Trey Lance and Justin Fields. In the same office. I, I, that'd be kind of
0: wild. I I understand what you're saying, but I think if you've got the chance with a, we were talking about a generational talent yeah. with Caleb Williams, I don't see how you can pass up that opportunity. You Agreed. pass it up this year with the quarterbacks, okay, I get that. You know, Bryce Young, Stroud, Richardson, good, mm-hmm. maybe can turn this franchise around, but they're not like Caleb Williams. I mean, he's going to come into the league and be a top ten, maybe top five quarterback yep. instantly, like right away. So I think you've got to take him. Um, if you don't, then you've got to get a Kings or Anthem. I mean, you've got to get anything and everything. Like three first-round picks is what I would be looking at, something in that realm. The Panthers and Bears play each other. And it. it as a fan of this team, this is going to hurt me to say – but the only team that could get that number one pick besides the bears is probably the Vikings Yeah, and the Vikings. And I know this is a topic that we're going to hop into. And honestly, we can probably segue into that too, but the Vikings and bears play each other this week. My God, am I a bears fan? (laughs) I want the bears to win this game so bad. Just keep tanking Vikings. Just keep getting a better pick. The Panthers and bears play later in the year as well in like three or four weeks. If the Bears beat the Vikings and the Panthers beat the Bears, I don't... I think the Panthers would still have the tiebreaker, so the Vikings would need them to still win a game. I do think there's an outside chance for the Vikings, but I would put it as, like, a 95% chance that the Bears end up with the number one pick. Like, I don't think that there's a realistic chance... Because the Vikings already beat the Panthers. If the Panthers had beaten the Vikings, the Vikings would be well in line for this number one pick. And with the injury to Justin Jefferson... Kirk Cousins trade talks, it would make so much sense to just keep tanking because they don't have that right now, like a guarantee that they're going to get the number one pick. That's where this whole, do we trade cousins? do We bring back Jefferson. All that starts to be questioned. So I think you trade fields and you take land. I mean, you take um, Caleb Williams. If, if you have the number one pick, as far as spots that fields could go, I, and, I, I don't know. New England,
1: Atlanta, um, with their running scheme, Atlanta. I think that that looks pretty good. I think he's a pretty good fit there. I mean, he's basically the plus 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 version of Desmond Ritter, you know. And yeah, if Arthur I, I, Smith I loves Desmond up. Ritter so much, then Justin Fields should be a perfect fit in Atlanta, you know.
0: Yeah, he's 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 a rich man's Desmond Ritter. <laughs> That's for daggers. He's thrown for eight touchdowns to six hundred yards the past two games, and he's a. I'm not going to say a run first quarterback, but. He's a dual threat, as oh, dual yeah. threat as they come. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think with the Bears, you got to take Caleb if, if you're there. And if you're not, or, or if you want to get out of it, I mean you got to get everything that's going to completely change this entire
1: franchise around. Yep, for sure. I totally agree. You cannot pass up on a Caleb Williams when he comes to you. Because like, you could roll the dice on Justin Fields, just like you've been doing these past few years, and he could suck again next year. Like He could open up the first three weeks of the season the same way he did this year. And then you're in the same shit show that you've been operating out of. So I think you got to take Caleb Williams. And if even if Carolina's pick or Chicago's pick doesn't end up at one, then I think you got to trade up to one. I think that you've got the assets to do it. I think you can get rid of that both those top five picks, maybe plus Justin Fields for the number one overall pick. I don't know. That would be a serious haul for whoever gets the number one pick, but I think it's worth it for a guy like Caleb Williams. So...
0: Okay, what if the Vikings were to get the number one pick? Would they trade Justin Fields to the Vikings?
1: What do you think of that?
0: In division? I can't see them doing it in division, but, man, that would be pretty exciting as a Vikings fan to have him and uh, Jefferson on the field at the same time. I got to imagine, and and we can talk about, you know, the Kirk Cousins trade talks now, but I got to imagine that, you know, after this year, the Vikings are going to move on from Cousins. Like, the way this season is shaping up, it's just – gonna end on a sour note unfortunately because he's been a great guy like yeah. not only for the team but like the city and everything like i saw him at the twins playoff game just went with his family and just sat in the outfield like didn't sit in like the club seats Aww, or you know first so row behind excellent. the dugout sat in the outfield with his kids and put a hat and some sunglasses on to try and
1: disguise himself that's classic Kirk, um though. like if you watch the that's what I mean. documentary like you know that that guy I became such a Kirk Cousins fan after that documentary and I miss him so much in Washington, dude. It's crazy. but
0: And and, and trust me, there's teams that would kill to have Kirk Cousins, which I know is what's going to happen. There's going to be a team that's like, let me go out and get a veteran quarterback for a year or two. You know, that's in a win nail mode, but needs a quarterback. Um, but yeah, the Vikings are going to have a lot of questions. You know, you could go with the Kyler route. You could go with drafting Drake may uh, if you don't get Caleb Williams, maybe you look at Bo Nix or Michael Penix. I don't, I don't know what route they're gonna go. Um, I think a lot of it is gonna depend on whether or not they can sign Justin Jefferson to a long-term deal. Yep. And that's the thing right now, because Jefferson, if you were unaware, Justin Jefferson been put on IR, so he's at least out for the next four weeks with the hamstring injury. Yep. If the Vikings were to lose, you know, they got the Bears this week and then the 49ers next week. I think they lose both those and I think they're one and six. If they're one and six. Why even bring him back this year? Yeah, I mean, I that's, I really that's questioned... the big question.
1: I like as I wrote down J, uh, J Jeff like out for four weeks, and then we're talking about the Kirk Cousins trade talk. I mean, even if Kirk doesn't get shipped out, with how expensive Justin Jefferson's going to be, you got to just sit him out for the rest of the season. I think that's the only move. Yeah, yeah, they've got
0: at the Bears, 49ers at home, at the Packers, at the Falcons, Saints at home. None of those are hundred percent wins they're winnable games three or four of them are Mm -hmm. but you know if if you're a Vikings fan like myself you kind of just hope they're gonna lose these It, it just it becomes more clear on what the direction this team is heading because right now i don't know yeah i don't know what they're gonna do because i could see them going you know in those five games let's say they beat the bears or the packers one of those and then they let's say they beat the saints well then they're three and whatever that would be three and seven i think is what they would be at that point and it's like we're just bad enough where we're not going to get a top pick yep. but we're not good enough to make a playoff run here and we've shot ourselves in the foot and screwed any chance that we had at getting this generational talent we've screwed it up and i just typical vikings typical vikings
1: yeah do you think there's a chance <laughs> I don't know. they could like completely turn around because this is a team that did win the division last season by a yeah and what they do last year
0: what they do last year, they went 11 and 0 in one-score games, and what are they this year? They're 1 and 4, and what's their record? 1 and 4. Coincidentally enough, that whole pendulum has just completely flipped the other way, and and that's what I said coming into this season. I said Vikings were 11 and 0 in one-score games last year. If you cut that number in half, that's five to six less wins instead of 13 and four. They're I don't know seven and 10. So my prediction is coming into this year was seven and 10, maybe eight and nine, and that's what I told Jaden when we did the podcast, and it's because. You got to come back down to that average at some point in time, and we're seeing it. You know, they're arguably a flag away from maybe beating the Chiefs. Who knows? They're definitely a a catch away, a TJ Hawkinson catch away from beating the Chargers. They're an interception in the red zone away from beating the Bucks. So they could very easily be three and two, maybe four and one if everything went right. That's what I'm saying. But that's the thing: is they're not bad enough. Yeah, to be that bad. That's the aggravating part. But now we have our chance with Jefferson out and the opportunity to trade Kirk to be that bad. But if you're going to trade Kirk Cousins and Jaden keeps talking about trade Kirk Cousins for Zach Wilson, if you're going to trade Kirk Cousins for Zach Wilson, all you're doing is just oozing mediocrity because Zach Wilson will be able to get a win or two probably with the Vikings and screw us out of a top pick. So it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to go full tank, stop trying to figure out if there's something there with Zach Wilson. There's not. Just tank. Just start Jaron Hall at quarterback. Try and try and win every game that you can, A.K. just lose every game. Don't bring back Jefferson. Just say, hey, we're giving you a fat contract. Yep. And Caleb Williams, I think, came out and – I don't know if it was a, a spoof of an account or what, but he came out and said,
1: like, the Vikings are one of the teams that he would go to. Why doesn't that make sense? Win. Like, I mean, that makes perfect sense. You link up with the best wide receiver in football and – you got a contract. Jefferson's three gonna tight get a end. contract. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like this, this is a team just waiting for a quarterback. Once Kirk heads out of town, and I think I think Caleb is a perfect fit. Well, I,
0: I love how this has become the the Caleb. Well, this is the time yeah, the of the year Caleb, that we're gonna talk about yeah, this stuff. Caleb-pod. This has been the Caleb Williams show <laughs> yeah. for sure. But it, it begs the question: Does he come out if the Bears have the number one pick? Or does he go back to college? Because he could probably get, you know, a couple million to go back to USC for another year and press his luck and maybe get put in a better situation. That's a good point. You know? And then what do the Bears do? Are they just like, hey, we're going to keep going with Justin Fields because I don't think we should take a chance on Drake May or, or Bo Nix. I think we should take just the go can down the
1: road another year. Oh, my God, dude. I can't imagine. The Bears need to draft Caleb Williams. But – I think the Vikings are in a great spot to do whatever they're going to do going into the future. I mean, they've got the money to pay Jefferson. And once you pay Jefferson, then everything's just kind of like – you'll figure it out as you go from there.
0: But you got to do it. That's the thing. And and he's – in my opinion, if I'm him, I'm not signing that contract if I don't know what the quarterback plan is. Like that's why you you need to tell him either – there's three options. Either A, you're going to move forward with Kirk Cousins for another year or two. I don't think that's going to happen. B, you tank and you go out and get Caleb Williams. Or maybe you draft like a Drake May or Bo Nix. Or C, you go out and get like a Kyler Murray. That would be the options that I would tell Justin Jefferson that, hey, here's what we're planning on doing. Yep. We want to sign you to a long-term deal. Which of these options do you want? That's I would straight up ask him. I'd be like, what do you want? Why not? Who, who do you want during the ball?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the franchise guy. you got to get his input on who the next quarterback is going to be. Because if you do sign him to a contract that is probably going to be like six years or something crazy for the most money you've ever seen for a wide receiver, you got to let the guy know who the quarterback's going to be. Um, but this begs the question, man, before we move on from the Kirk Cousins talk, what is a good fit for Kirk Cousins this year? Because we talked about the Jets. I, I think that if the Jets were going to do something, they would have done it already, man. That's my opinion. Like I think they're still in it. They're like still so Do you think let it. me ask you
0: this. Go ahead. Do you think they're just like blindly optimistic that Rodgers is gonna come back?
1: I don't think it's even blind optimism, dude. I really you think, he, you think he's actually from a torn Achilles, you think he's gonna come back in four or five months? I mean, we saw Cam Akers come back on We need we need
0: we we need Mitch on the episode right now to dissect all this uh all this anatomy. Well here, I wanna but... hear
1: Mitchell's uh Mitchell's thoughts on like the revolutionary Achilles surgery that he had because he replaced his Achilles with like a replacement Achilles basically until his shit like basically grows back i don't even know but said ayahuasca man yeah, dude it's crazy like he was supposed to be in a boot still at this time he was like basically sprint walking up the sideline in crutches the other night yep. so it's like he's obviously making a lot more progress than you would expect we saw cam Akers come back earlier than ever from an achilles injury now it wouldn't it'd be a lot faster for rogers but who's to know it's been like what two years since the Akers injury So it's like, given his age does make it a little tougher, but I really do think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back this season. And that is a reason why I think Kirk, because Kirk, the fun part about this, has a no trade clause. So it's like, I don't think he's going to, I heard Cam Newton, like, I mean, Cam Newton's basically tripping in today,
0: but But I heard him say, basically, are you going to have me come in and start? And then when Rodgers comes healthy, just come back in. Bingo. Like, I don't want to sign a deal to do that. Bingo. And he's like, or you're going to sign me to like a backup quarterback position. And I'm not going to do that either. Bingo. It's. I don't know if I've ever seen a situation like this in football where you could possibly. And talking about Cam Akers, the difference there is that that's a running back that needs his Achilles for the explosive part. Rodgers, I'm not going to say he can't run because he does have some elusiveness to him. But he doesn't depend on that. Yeah. You know, he's not going to need that, that explosiveness. Uh, from the quarterback position, which is why I guess he could come back earlier than anticipated. It, w- it would be wild if, if they were, you know, two weeks away from the season ending and they needed to, to win out to make the playoffs and he came back like right around Christmas time. That would be absolutely insane. And right now they're like a game out of the wild card. Like they're right there in the thick of the wild card with all these other teams. That's what
1: I'm saying. I mean, me and Jaden talked about last week how Zach Wilson can do enough for this team just to keep them afloat. And then once Aaron Rodgers comes back, just let go of the reins and let him take over. But this is the reason why Kirk Cousins won't go to the Jets, because there's a lot up in the air right now, and I just don't think that that's the place for him to go. Um, I saw Bleacher Report came out with an article like six hours ago of the top four teams that they think he might end up with. Washington was on that list. It makes sense because he's been there. He's comfortable there. He's probably got people that he knows there because he spent many years in Washington. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't want us to do that. We're the projected sixth pick, sixth pick in the draft right now. So I think we just ride that out. I think how we'll continue to improve as the season goes on. And he's been good so far. Like, he's obviously had his moments. He's had moments. Yeah. Yeah. He's had his moments Up, of and good. Downs, yeah, which you'd expect. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd expect that from, essentially a rookie quarterback like you're gonna have those moments where you're like what the f- are you doing and then you're like holy shit this guy can actually ball yeah so i i, I agree with what you're saying there I, I do think washington's got some appeal because i do think that they've got some playmakers yeah. um you know with terry and jahan and Curtis samuel among others and a, a good running back room as well so i think that there is an appeal there but yeah i, I don't i don't know if it makes that much sense yeah like like i could i could see people like pushing a lot of things to make it make sense but like naturally it just doesn't sound like the right thing No.
1: i think it's just the no trade clause that holds everything up last team i want to mention then we'll move on i think the patriots do make some sense now they are a little bit far out of the race at this point sitting at one and four so it'd be a tough road back even if he brought Kirk cousins in at this point but i think he's a simple guy I think he likes simple things, and I think the Patriots are a simple organization—not in a bad way. But it's military style; it's just about football. Kirk Cousins isn't a flashy guy, so despite the change on the why not? plane, but Kirk O'Chance—I
0: I, I guess, I guess my, <laughs> I guess my question with that is why not just wait till the regular season's over and then just sign him? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess if you trade for him, you've got first dibs at doing that, but how much are you going to have to give up to do that? And we can segue into yep, our next question. Yep. Um, Dude, look at is the transitions gonna, is, we got going today. Is, mm. is Belichick going to be there? You know, like you, you beg the question. And, and I've been thinking about, I think we started thinking about this last year yeah. uh, because we all said the Patriots were going to be that good. And then this year we were like, look, this is going to be the worst team in this division. Like they're not going to be good at all. And, here we are. We're sitting at one and they're sitting at one and four. Mac Jones is coming off the worst start that he's ever had, I think, in his entire NFL career. And he just doesn't look like he's that guy. I'm totally off the Mac Jones bandwagon. I pose the question to you, you know, who would you rather have right now, Mac Jones or Zach Wilson? And it's a legitimate question, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it is a legitimate question. I think right now, it's just unfortunate, dude, because Mac Jones was a guy who made a Pro Bowl in his rookie year. They won over ten games and they went to the playoffs. Well, everybody
0: Everybody makes the Pro Bowl these days. Tyler Huntley made a Pro Bowl. Okay.
1: That respect. Respect. (laughs) Okay. But he I
0: mean, if we're gonna talk about Pro Bowls.
1: (laughs) Okay. Respect. It's a fan voted thing. Yeah, it's a fan voted thing, so respect there. But he did lead a team to the playoffs. Like, not by himself, but he did take a team to the playoffs in his rookie year, which is very hard to do as a rookie quarterback. So I think you gotta start pointing like You can say Mac Jones, Mac Jones all the day long. Like, I think I would rather have Zach Wilson right now, how he's playing, but Mac Jones... Or Trey Lance. Yeah, honestly, dude, if we could see how he's been playing recently, if the Cowboys would have given him a shot. But anyway, he's failed to develop Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones was a first-round talent, man. I mean, that was pretty much the consensus across the league. It's not like they reached and got Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones fell a little bit in the draft, and Mm -hmm. they happened to snag him in the first round. This is a first round quarterback. This is a starting level quarterback in the National Football League and he just failed to develop him, dude. Like
0: I think it just shows you that, like how hard it is to get to to get a quarterback, a franchise quarterback cuz they were just assuming, oh, well, Tom Brady's gone. We're going to draft this guy in the first round and he's going to be the heir apparent of Tom Brady. He's going to win us a couple Super Bowls and we're going to be fine. Doesn't work out that easy. And it couldn't happen to a better team than the Patriots cuz They have been flourishing for your entire life, almost my entire life. They have been the team, and for them to finally face some adversity and hardship, it is awesome to see. And I don't think he's that guy, and I think they're going to have to go right back to the drawing board this offseason and in the draft to figure out who's going to be our franchise quarterback. Because right now, it's
1: not on the roster. Yeah, no, and I agree. But is Belichick the guy to reconstruct this roster? I don't think he is. Like, I think Belichick... He could still be a great head coach, I think. Like, now that's up for debate. I mean, he hasn't proved that so far this year, and he hasn't really proved that since Brady left. But I think having this guy in the front office being your GM is a problem. I think he's too old. I think he's out of touch. I think he's made a lot of bad moves. I mean, the offensive construction, I mean, defense, Belichick's always been a defensive guy. He's made some great defensive pickups. And you can't really blame him for what's going on in the defense so far this year because you got an unfortunate injury with Christian Gonzalez. you got an unfortunate and injury yep, with Matthew Judon, two of your biggest defensive players so far this year. So you can't really do anything there. But this offense in construction has never been there. And you you got to point your finger at the GM. And that is Bill Belichick. I mean, this team, it's been one of the funniest running jokes of all time in national football. It's the Patriots cannot draft wide receivers. I mean, you got Nikhil Harry, who was a second round first. No, he was a first round pick back like I believe
0: he was. Yeah, yeah,
1: like back like a while ago. But then more recently, Tyquan Thornton. You drafted him in the second round. He was your highest drafted wide receiver since Nikhil Harry, and he looks like he's just he's probably gonna end up being a practice squad guy. And you go back to the wide receiver you go back to the wide receiver cores with even Brady. Like he made those guys better. It wasn't like he had a other great than, wide receiver other than
0: Randy Moss.
1: Exactly, dude. Exactly. And you got Wes Welker, but like it was later on like I it's just not the wide roster construction has never been there, not to mention. You just let Jacoby Myers, who you picked up as an undrafted free agent and was your wide receiver one last year and the year before. This is an in-house guy, the first wide receiver that they managed to develop and they just let him walk in free agency. And now he's balling out for the Raiders. So that's a GM mistake right there. He can't get Ramondre Stevenson going this year, which is shocking to say the least. I mean, he was projected to be one of the best running backs. He had a
0: great backs. year last year, yeah. Exactly.
1: And he was projected to be one of the best running backs in fantasy and one of the best running backs in football. So, uh, And maybe, back to the whole GM standpoint,
0: maybe bringing in Ezekiel Elliott has completely ruined Ramondre Stevenson. Exactly.
1: Like, it's... The coaching decisions. I think Bill Belichick can still be a good coach in the National Football League, but he's got to move on from New England because he cannot. I think
0: he just needs to. I think. I think he's. I think some of these guys just need to start realizing when they've hit a certain age that it's just like, hey, I need to just go and enjoy the rest of life, exactly. and not worry about coaching. Like he's not there yet, but I would say probably two years from now, Saban's going to be in that same category because it's just like Mac Brown at UNC. Same thing. These guys are just old now and it's like don't you want to enjoy life yeah. like what's left of it because i feel like all you've done your entire life is football and coaching it's like retire have some fun you've proved it. And just, what do you have
1: to prove yeah
0: like exactly you've done it the only thing he's got to prove is that he can do it without brady and that is something that will continue to propel him every single year and he is stubborn as hell and he's not going to give up coaching until he gets that. And I don't think he's going to get it unless something dramatically changes at the quarterback position. No,
1: I agree. And I, I read something earlier that he's trying to chase uh, Don Shula's uh, win record. Okay. and But that's like, he's got 17 more wins to do that. And, dude, with how this Patriots team looks right now, it's going to take him like three years to put that together. Yeah. Or longer. That's what I was going to say.
0: It's not going to happen this year. It might happen next year. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I could see it maybe happening in the next two or three years, but yeah, no, that's a that's a good it's those little things that continue to motivate guys, but it's just like at what point in time do you just say, you know what, enough's enough. I got to just hang it up and call it quits. Yeah,
1: and I think it's just about time for that and Bill Belichick, I mean, all of New England right now is calling for Belichick's head, which hasn't happened in a very long time. So
0: yeah, I saw him, uh, what was he doing? He was picking up, like, donuts or something at a fast food place. Did you see that? Yeah. It, it was just like, this guy's in here looking for his next quarterback, not ordering donuts. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, it's probably right, to be honest.
1: Oh, my God, dude. Hand the fucking cashier a play sheet. Hey, man, what do you think of this? What do you think? What are your yeah. thoughts? <laughs>
0: he's almost gotten to that point in his career where he's just going to start asking fans for their advice.
1: I mean, maybe he's just losing it in general. But anyway, Bill Belichick, I think – his time is finally coming to an end in New England. And as you mentioned, can't be more happier because it's finally over, dude. Or it's almost over. The Patriots dynasty is pretty much toast. So Yeah, I mean,
0: I think we can kind of close that chapter out
1: now. Like Yeah, officially. I don't see them in the next five or six years winning a Super Bowl. No. And it was a question mark after they went to the playoffs with Mac Jones. But I think now it is not up for debate. But all right let's dive into our next little topic that we got and i mean this afc is all over the place right now you got the chiefs and the dolphins at four and one and everybody else is just kind of struggling their way through the year so far this year i mean a lot of teams in the afc that we thought were going to be contenders this year are pretenders i mean cincinnati had a really nice game this past week joe burrow looked more like himself jamar chase Jamar Chase caught, like, 15 balls. I think that was the franchise record, which...
0: When do you double him? At what point in that game are you the Cardinals and you just say, okay, we're just going to double this guy and not let him beat us. We're going to let somebody else beat us. T. Higgins is out. Yep. Go ahead, Tyler Boyd. You can... Or Trent Irwin. You can you can try and beat... I, I I just completely dumbfounded by that coaching move to not, at any point in that game, double Jamar Chase. Yeah. You're just going to let him continue continuing to get three touchdowns. But you see, 15 catches. Just had an incredible... game. Everybody thought, oh... DJ Moore, best wide receiver of the week on Thursday night.
1: Jamar Chase said, not so fast, my friend. Dude, and it's so ridiculous because, like, I didn't play DJ Moore in any of my matchups. I was like, let's go. I got blessed this week because basically in all my fantasy leagues, I have the most points allowed and the, like, top three or two or one in points four. So, that's been me so far this year. So, I was like, let's go. Didn't have to play the top fantasy performer this week. And then Jamar Chase went off for 50 in, like – three of my leagues I was playing against him so gotta love that uh but I mean the Bengals looked better that's for sure but there's still some serious concern there I think to say the least uh, especially with their record how it looks so far the Chargers haven't played up to their ability so far this year Herbert's banged up with a finger injury so you gotta have concerns there Baltimore man I mean Baltimore was thought to be a legitimate contender and they ju- the Raven the Ravens should be 5-0 and the Ravens should have beat the
0: Colts, and they should have beat the Steelers. They should be five and zero right now. There's, uh, it is preposterous that not only are they, are they not five and zero, they're not even four and one. I don't understand how you lose that game to Pittsburgh. All you have to do if, if you are Lamar is not throw the pick, and then you kick the field goal. Now, Ravens fans, I am not going to jump on Lamar too much because mm-hmm. his receivers dropped anything and everything. Yeah. Bateman dropped one in the end zone. Andrews Zay dropped one had one in the like end zone. three drops. Zay Flowers, and he fell one time as well. Aguilar. We're talking Aguilar. Yeah. <laughs> he can't catch nothing, man. We knew that from Philly days. Oh, um, so as much as I want to sit there and blame Lamar, yes, his wide receivers did struggle. But in the clutch, fumble and an interception. Yep. You know, in the final, like, five minutes of the game. You just can't do those types of things when you're in such a hotly contested defensive battle like that. What you think of like the zero that?
1: blitz call? <sighs> I think in that situation you can't do it. I mean, obviously in hindsight... Yeah it looks like it's easy to say that but
0: right i i don't i mean clearly clearly they knew but yeah, yeah I, I don't know i probably i i wouldn't have done it in that situation but i still think the ravens are right up there with those teams like if they win those two games our entire opinion about the ravens is is, is oh man they're right up there with the eagles and the 49ers is but... you know probably better than the chiefs and the best team in football i mean
1: but i think the question like if the Ravens were four and one, or God forbid, five and zero right now. I think the question that we're having is Lamar Jackson has not been playing like Lamar Jackson, dude.
0: Like, no, he hasn't. But, but, but I still would say that this is one of the best teams in the AFC. Like, I, I still think this is a this is a team that can go out and compete or beat the Chiefs. This is a team that can go out and compete and beat the Bills, the Dolphins. I mean, they're up twenty one points on the Dolphins last year and blew that game. Now I know it's a different year, obviously, but that shows you, you know, that. They're right up there with some of the best teams in football, and they have these dumb mental late-game lapses that cost them wins against these teams that they should. They play to their competition so much, I feel. Yeah. They went in the last last week kicked the shit out of the Browns. That was the one time where I was like, damn, the Ravens really imposed their will. They showed that they were the better team, and they didn't play down to their competition. They smoked them. This week, complete opposite. They played right into the Steelers' hands. There's no reason why Kenny Pickett should be winning that game. No. Love you, love you, Jaden. But there's no reason that the Steelers should have won that game. No,
1: absolutely not. I mean, it was a George Pickens single coverage, and I think we got to start having a discussion about Marlon Humphrey. Man, I don't think like he's been—he was coming back from injury, okay. but he's been burned by like. Mul- I mean, I just remember Jamar Chase like basically becoming his father. Okay.
0: Well, George Pickens said he's a top five receiver in football. So, like.
1: I don't know. Like, I mean, I think anybody looks maybe. like a top five wide receiver against Marlon Humphrey <laughs> right now. <laughs> like, yeah, there it is. It's well. And you also, you also said he got burned by Jamar Chase. That guy just
0: put up a fifty burger this okay. past week. So, like,
1: but he touts himself as one of the best yes. corners in football, and he's not
0: rightfully. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I agree with you on that. That there's a lot of there are question marks, but the foundation there for the Ravens is right where it needs to be. It's just correcting a couple of things here and there, and. I think they're going to be fine. So you talk about the AFC. So we mentioned the Chiefs, and you mentioned the Dolphins. Are the Dolphins really up there? They lost to the Bills. The Bills lost to the Jags. Yeah. We're going to do the whole transitive property thing here. It's like, how far does that keep going down? Then the Jags lost to the Texans. It's like, how how far do we keep going, you know, before it's like, who really is the best team? And every team has showed their flaws. The Chiefs have been a lot better since, obviously, week one. They got Chris Jones and Kelsey back, which rightfully made – probably the biggest difference in the world for them. Um, they lost that game to the Lions because they just dropped passes. I mean, that's really truly what it came down to on that opening game is that they lost that that they lost it because nobody could catch a ball between Sky Moore and oh man, Kadarius Tony. Feel free, bud. But waiver wire picker up of the year. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Outside of those two so I would say the Chiefs, Dolphins, Jags, Bills, Ravens.
1: I think that's it. Because the Steelers lead I mean, the division. The, I don't believe in them. I don't think anybody. Bengals in there? I know, dude. I mean, the they. Bengals and Chargers are right yeah, there, I feel. I think the Chargers are probably closer than the B- Bengals, not only because they have a better record, but, I mean, Staley has to turn it around. He doesn't have a choice. If he doesn't turn it around this year, if he can't get this team to the playoffs, I don't care about Justin Fields' uh, finger injury. It's on his. It's not on his throwing hand. So you should be able to execute and at least get this team to the playoffs. If he can't do it this year, then Staley's out of town. I've been saying it for a long time. He should have been he fired. He might already be
0: gone. Yeah. Yeah, he might He might already be. I mean, he made boneheaded plays in their last win against the uh, the Raiders. He made a boneheaded play against the Vikings. Fourth and one at your own 25, up four. What are you doing exactly. with like a minute fifty left? The Vikings have no timeouts. I understand you get the first down, the game's over, but if you don't, you're giving them the ball at the 25-yard line. And if the Vikings, if the Vikings weren't so brain dead and such a terrible organization, they probably would have won that game. Yeah. The Bengals have the Bengals have the Seahawks at the 49ers and the Bills for the next three games. We're gonna find out a lot about this Cincinnati team. Because if they go two and one in those games, I mean if they go three-0, oh, holy shit. But if they go two and one, they're right back, man. Oh, yeah. They are right back in it, and there is a conversation for them to possibly be the best team in the AFC at that point. Yeah. I think right now it's the Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champ, tied for the best record in the AFC. And in my opinion
1: – You know I'm a Chiefs hater. You know what? You know I'm a do you Chiefs know what, do you hater. Know what
0: separates, do you know what separates this team from all other Chiefs team? Hmm. Their defense. Yeah. This is the best defense that they've had since Mahomes has got there. They are stacked on everything. Every level of the defense, they are absolutely stacked. From Reed at safety to Chris Jones up front, they have everything you could want from a defense. They allowed 20 points to the Vikings this past week. That was the first time they've allowed 20 points since week one, and they didn't have Chris Jones. Yeah. The other games, I think it was like 17-9 to the Jags. It was 41-10 to the Bears, and the Bears got a score with like a minute left in that game. And then who was the other game? I can't remember who the other game had was that they had. Um, uh, was it a divisional game? Raiders? No, I can't remember what it was. Anyways, they've kicked. They they've done extremely well on the defensive side, which I think is a total change compared to oh, everything else. Because it used
1: to be. Did you mention the Bears?
0: No. Yeah, I mentioned the Bears, okay.
1: but it used to be.
0: It used to be the Chiefs would just have to outscore everybody. Yeah. Nowadays, it's oh, we can kind of rely on our defense. When was that ever a thing with Mahomes? They beat the Jets on Sunday Night Football. Oh yeah, that's right.
1: And I think something that sets this team apart a little bit from the past Chiefs teams is I think Pacheco is getting better every single game. And I think that you can rely yeah. on the run game. Uh, not rely maybe, but I think that you can turn to the running game more than you've Establish. been able to. yeah, for sure. And you haven't been able to do that as a Chiefs team in the past. So personally I'm still going the Dolphins. The Dolphins had a rough week. They don't against have the, the D, man. Okay, they don't they have, have it on the paper. D. And then Jalen uh, Jalen Ramsey's going to come back. When Ramsey
0: comes back, yeah, let me see it. But like, like if you're going to put up seventy and forty a game against the Giants in the fucking Bay, uh, Broncos, like that's not really telling me much. Then you go to Buffalo and look what happened there. Your defense allowed six, seven touchdowns. I mean, yeah, I just I in can't. Buffalo.
1: Which are...
0: I know, but it's also in September when the weather's nice. Yeah. They 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 lucked out the Dolphins because they had to play New England and Buffalo on the road both in September. Both cold weather in their division that they don't have to go in November or December and play in shit weather. So That's they really plan. lucked out with that. I just I need to see them against an upper echelon team. Go shot for shot with them. Like the Chiefs or I mean the I would say the Bills, but the Bills kick the shit out of them. But then the Bills lose to the Jags. So it's like who who is the best team? I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning the Chiefs, but I've seen their flaws too.
1: Yeah, I mean it's really tough to make a decision right now. I I'm not gonna go, Mister Pfizer, in the Chiefs. I'm gonna still rock with the Dolphins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, am still.
0: That's gotta be one of my favorite oh, comments of dude. the years. Aaron Rodgers calling him Mister Pfizer. That was just too fucking oh good, dude. And then oh. they had
1: a, a clip today where. Um, Pfizer release like uh, they tweeted something out of Mr. Pfizer like a jersey, and it was Mr. Pfizer on the back, and they're playing to it, and Rod they showed it to Rogers, and Rogers was just like, mm, "Interesting, interesting, <laughs> <He was> like <laughs> such a corrupt organization." <laughs> like he started going. Off. I do think
0: it's funny. I I do think it's really funny how. Um, Kelsey kind of just like played it off. Like yeah. he just laughed at it. He was like, yeah, that's a good one. He's like, I got to give him credit where credit's due. But yeah, I I think the Chiefs, they, they're one of the only teams that have really been there, you know, whereas a lot of these teams, they haven't been to the Super Bowl. I know the yeah. Bengals have, but the Bills haven't, the Ravens haven't, the Jags haven't, the Dolphins haven't. I think that really helps out, you know, come postseason time. I personally, if it's not the Chiefs, I'm going with the Ravens still, man. Wow. I'm still believing in the Ravens. Okay. I think they're a player or two away from being five and zero, and I just got to think that this team, as long as like the big thing is the injuries, yeah. if they can get away from this damn injury black cloud, they're gonna be fine. Yeah. I think they still win this division, and I think that they make some noise in the playoffs because I think they match up really well with a lot of these teams. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, if it's not the Chiefs, I'm sticking with the Ravens.
1: Yeah, and I think the Ravens, like, no matter how the offense looks right now. That defense is the second-best yeah. defense on PFF right now overall. So, I mean, they've been balling out despite the injuries. So
0: You know who's been a huge surprise? Because coming out of college, I did not think this guy was going to be that great. I thought it was – like, they he dropped, which is why they picked him. But Kyle Hamilton, dude, has been absolutely incredible. He's been one of the best safeties in football. And I got to give the Ravens – why would I ever question the Ravens' front office when it comes to draft decisions outside of a wide receiver?
1: I don't know. Yeah. But I will give them an immense amount of credit because they nailed that pick. Yeah, no, credit to the Ravens. I I mean, they're always a team that's going to be in it, you know, especially in the AFC. So, all right, let's dive into this last uh, little headline that we got to cover. And it's, it's one that uh, I think is pretty interesting, man. I mean, can Indy make a run without anthony richardson uh, so unfortunately on the indy side their rookie quarterback who they drafted for overall who has been balling out so far this year when he's been on the field but he has not been able to stay on the field too often uh, and he ends up with an injury on sunday that's looking like it's going to keep him sidelined for four weeks as he's probably headed to injury reserve so you can't love that as a colts fan but yeah, Jonathan Taylor come back this past week. And he's going to keep getting involved more and more. I mean, he missed all of OTAs. He missed all of training camp. He missed all of preseason. And he missed the first four games of the season. So yep. he needs time to get adjusted. He needs time to get worked back into the offense. And until then, I mean, Zach Moss has looked great in his absence, dude. So, what do you have, two touchdowns this past week? 100 yards? Yeah. destroy that Titans D. and it was funny to look at all my sleeper feeds and see that Zach Moss was dropped right before the game that was a lot of fun because I saw that in like three or four different leagues that I'm in but I just think what it comes down to I think Shane Steichen is that guy dude I think Shane Steichen we didn't realize how good of a hire this was coming out of the offseason we didn't it was an under the radar one yeah and I think it's because it's the Colts yep you know, the Colts always
0: hire those sneaky guys that you're just like, oh, they're not a flashy guy. Like Jeff. But Saturday. then they end up like Well, I was gonna say Frank Reich. but yeah. um no, same same scared. but same same but different. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think that they 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 do a really good job when it comes to the coaching style that they bring in and how they implement that into each and every week and each and every game. And in that division, you know, it is kind of an up for grabs division. I still like the Jags. I think the Jags still win that division.
1: I just don't think the Jacksonville Minshew Mania, man. Yeah, I mean, Minshew Mania is going to be he, – he's here. I mean, he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts for three weeks. They just – or four weeks. But they just uh, traded for Kellen Mond uh, like an hour ago. Former Viking. Yeah, yeah. So, that got to love that. They're stacking up their QB room in the absence of Anthony Richardson. But I don't think you need Anthony Richardson for this team to win games. I mean, Anthony Richardson exited early against Houston. He missed at Baltimore, and he exited early against Tennessee. The Colts won all three of those games.
0: And yeah, I know. Without and, Anthony, and I invested a lot into Anthony Richardson in fantasy this year. I think And it hurts think. me. Because I think – like, you're right. When he is healthy and he's on the field, explosive, dynamic, mm-hmm. elusive, you name it. He checks every single box oh, yeah. that you want from a quarterback – from a – a dual threat quarterback. Because I'm not going to say he's run first, but it, it's right up there with Justin Fields. Yeah. He's just a lot bigger than Fields. But yeah, you know, with this AC joint sprain, like you know, we saw it with Derek Carr, but this is like a grade three, I think, is what it is. Whereas Carr's was like a grade one, so he's probably going to go to short term IR for four weeks, which is what I'd expect. I make the playoffs. I could see them sneaking in. I could saying? see them sneaking in as maybe a wild card team. Um, and the reason being is because you look at the other teams that are possibly going to be wild cards, Chargers, Bills, Bengals, yeah. it's them and the Bengals is basically what it's going to come down to. And the Colts schedule is a lot easier than the Bengals. As we said, the Bengals these next three weeks have the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Bills. Yep. Like That's very, very difficult slate there. Um, they're they're still in the division. You're hundred percent right. They could they could absolutely win this division. They're already behind the eight ball though, because they did lose to the Jags. Yeah. Um now the Jags lost to the Texans and then they beat the uh the Titans, so it's like all one and one, it's all a mosh pit there. But if they can beat the Jags when they play them again, it'll be oh, it'll be in um in Jacksonville, which Indy I don't think has lost in Jacksonville in like seven or eight straight years.
1: Oh yeah, it's that's right. Cra- that's one of the crazy stats, dude. Yeah.
0: Or was it Jacksonville? No, Indy hasn't won there because Carson Wentz was on the Colts, and they needed to win that game in Jacksonville, and they lost. That's what it is. So maybe they can exonerate some demons and win in Jacksonville the first time in forever.
1: Yeah, with Um, a new head coach, a new vibe in Indy. I think you go into Jacksonville this week, this coming week, you beat Jacksonville, and then you go down the line. I mean, Cleveland's favored by two and a half, but the Indy's at home that next week, so they have a chance there. They play the Saints. I like the Colts in that one. They play the Panthers in Carolina. I like the Colts in that one. They play the Patriots in New England. And with New England, we were talking about it earlier, I think the Colts win that game. They play the Bucs at home. The Bucks have been really good, but I think they're pretenders. I mean, we talked a little bit about it. The and it's of the in Indy. Yeah, exactly. So I think they win that game. They play Tennessee in Tennessee. That'll be a tough game. But I'm probably if Indy's like winning these games as we go. They always the line, split, man. Yeah,
0: those teams always split. Those teams always split. Tennessee doesn't matter who wins on the road and who wins at home. The other one will always win the next one. And then they play at the Bengals, which that could be for a playoff spot. And then they've got three of their last four at home against the Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, Texans. Like, that's a very, very nice schedule down the stretch. The one game I'm going to circle that I think they could slip up is at the Panthers.
1: Ooh, in Carolina? Possibly Carolina's got zero wins at that point?
0: Frank Reich revenge game. Ooh, I like that. Okay. I mean, he's
1: going to know. That's going to be
0: my pick that they might slip up right there. And I think it's, uh, is it? No, it's two weeks before the, I was going to say, I thought it was right before their buy, but that could be, that could circle that as, as a possible slip up for, uh, for the Colts. But yeah, no, you're, you're right. You know, they've, their schedule sets up really nicely. Obviously you can't just be like, Oh, win, win. You got to take it week by week and game by game. But this is a, this is a, this week will be a big litmus test game um, against the Jags. It's a revenge game for minchu yeah. you know? So maybe he's able to, uh, Minchu magic, maybe we get some of that. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I really like this Jags team right now on paper, um, and I think Me they too. showed it last week that they that they're up there as one of the best teams in the in the AFC. You know, beating the Bills, okay. and they were up in that entire game. Yeah. The Bills tried to make it close at the end, but they they looked really good in that game.
1: They did, and they turned it around because the Jags had not looked like themselves for the first. Oh well, they lost the to the seasons. Texans. Yeah. They laid
0: an absolute egg against the Texans, and they lost. The other game they lost was to. um to the Chiefs so yeah. like I can't really count that okay too much against them but the, That's fair. the game against the Texans was just abysmal
1: yeah I mean Jacksonville's favored to win the division right now at minus at 120 but I definitely can see the Colts sliding in as a wild card team in this AFC and despite not having anything they, they could they could win the division yeah. like I'm not
0: saying that they couldn't I, I'm saying I'm taking the Jags right now right. but like if I was to pick a second team yeah I'd pick the Colts because I don't trust Tannehill and as much as I like what the Texans are doing, I think they're off. still a year or two away. Yeah, there's going to be yeah. a fall-off
1: at some point. He can't keep doing this. I mean, he's a rookie quarterback. Right. So I see a fall-off yep. at some point. And just before we uh, wrap this up, man, I mean, you don't have to rely on Gardner Minshew when he comes in, man. I mean, you need him to throw. You got Jonathan Taylor. Exactly. You need to throw 15, 20 games a game maybe and – you have a one-two punch of Zach Moss, who who knew that Zach Moss was good. But you got a one-two punch with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. And this is a team that's top ten in rush rate right now. And they've got the sixth best run block grade on PFF. And this is an offensive line we had serious concerns about last season. Didn't play up to expectations. Looks like they're returning back to the mean this year. So if this offensive line can keep it up, I think this Colts team could be a problem as we go down through the rest of the season. So... All right, man. So I think that just about wraps us up uh, recapping last week's action in the National Football League. Uh, Looking forward to coming out with another episode later this week, previewing this week's coming matchups, uh, but broke down some headlines. Looking forward to another week of NFL action. And as you mentioned, man, we're at the point in the season where we really know what's we're starting to get a sense of what's going to happen and what, who are the pretenders, who were the contenders? I was
0: gonna say I think I think next week we gotta do a contender pretender episode. We're six weeks into yeah. the season. At that point, you know, I think that that's the perfect time to just to lay down, put the line in the sand, and say, all right, this team is good and this team is fake good. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's a great idea. So we got a little uh, sneak preview for next week's episode, uh, but until then, we will catch you later. Peace.